0: Jesus taught them as one having authority. This is a central premise to Mark's gospel, a premise that both the characters in his account and the readers of it struggle to comprehend. Jesus taught them as one having authority. It sounds reasonable enough, but what on earth does that mean? Jesus has authority, okay, but authority over what? The word authority is a tricky one for us. It comes from the Latin word meaning originator and the English word meaning author. Today, however, the word has evolved to mean having the power or the right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. No, I thought I'd try. When I asked people on Facebook what came to mind when they heard the word authority, The answers, not surprisingly, ran the gamut. But even those who had a very negative connotation of the word authority acknowledged that to have authority, whether obtained or given, to have authority is to have power. Whether you are a classroom bully, an elected official, or the quarterback of the team, to have authority is to have power. The question is, power over what? Motivational speaker and leadership educator, Drew Dudley, went to a little college called Mount Allison University. On his last day on campus, a young woman whom he did not know approached him to share a story about the first time they had met. The day before I started here, she said, I was at the hotel with my mom and dad, and I was terrified, scared about school. I was convinced that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't ready yet, University. My parents, they were amazing. They were like, look, we know it's, you're scared. We know it's going to be hard. Let's just go tomorrow to registration and see what happens. And if at any point you feel like you just can't do this, just tell us and we'll take you home. We'll love you no matter what. So she went on. The next day I was in line with my parents standing there for registration as I looked around the room, I knew, I just knew at my core that I just wasn't ready for this. I knew that I had to quit. And as I turned to tell my parents this news, you, Drew, came out of the student union building wearing the stupidest hat I have ever seen in my entire life. It was awesome. And you had a big sign promoting a charity that I'd worked for years before. You also were carrying with this hat and a sign a bucket full of lollipops. And you were walking around handing out the lollipops to people waiting in line with their parents, all the while talking about the charity. But when you got to me, she said, you stopped and you stared for a while. Kind of creepy. And then you looked at the guy next to me, smiled reached into the bucket, pulled out a lollipop, gave it to him, and said, you really need to give this beautiful girl standing next to you a lollipop. The guy next to me, of course, was horrified. He turned beet red. I felt so bad for the guy, I took the lollipop. And as soon as I took the lollipop from you, you looked at my mom and dad and said, look at that. First day away from home, and she's already taking candy from a stranger. Everyone lost it, of course. Laughter ensued. Everyone started to howl. And I know this is cheesy, she went on. I know this is cheesy. I, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but in that moment, when everyone was laughing, I knew, I knew that I shouldn't quit. I knew that this was where I was supposed to be. I knew that this was now home. I haven't spoken to you once since that, since that day, but I heard you were leaving. And I had to come up and tell you that you have been incredibly important in my life. And I'm really going to miss you. Drew was dumbfounded. And as the young woman turned to walk away, she said, Oh yeah, one more thing, I'm still dating that guy four years later. When Jesus walked into that synagogue and began to teach them, They were astounded, we are told. They were astounded by what he said. For he taught them as one who had authority. Well, what if his authority, what if Jesus' authority looked more like Drew Dudley walking around campus, talking about his favorite charity, wearing a silly hat and passing out lollipops? What if it looked more like that than a star quarterback walking into the huddle confident that he had the right play, or a CEO walking into a boardroom with all the answers, or a commander walking into the barracks with supreme confidence? What if the authority that Jesus had came not from a display of power or control? What if his authority came from his authenticity and his willingness to keep the focus on God. All too often, when we encounter Jesus, we put our definitions of things onto him instead of letting him define for us the categories and the words. And this is so true in today's question about authority. Far from claiming authority or power everywhere he went, Jesus, it seems, did everything he could to deflect power and authority when it was given to him. When the demons called him the Holy One of God, he silenced them, told them to be quiet. When his followers wanted him to be up on the throne, he chose instead the cross. And when the people wanted him to defeat Rome by fighting them, he chose to turn the other cheek. In fact, as far as I can tell, there are only two things That Jesus ever had complete authority over. One was the demons. They always shuddered when he spoke to them. But the other was himself. He had no power, no control over the people who followed him, or the religious leaders who were threatened by him, or the crowds who were drawn to him. Everywhere he went, Jesus met resistance confusion, and sometimes even anger. And yet despite all these limitations, Jesus taught and preached and healed and loved as one, we are told, who had authority. Time and time again, despite the storms that swirled around him and his powerlessness in the face of them, Jesus kept on living in a way that reflected his unwavering belief that God was up to something new and amazing. And this was enough, we are told, to give him the authority he needed. In a recent blog, Addie Zierman, now in her late 30s, talks about her experience of the church as a young adult. Like many millennials who are spiritual but not religious, Addie left the church in her early 20s. Having grown up on the easy answers, catchphrases, and cliches that dominated church parlance during her childhood, Addie left the church as soon as she could and swore to herself and to her parents that she was never coming back. Phrases like, the Bible clearly says, or God will never give you more than you can handle, or God is in control, God has a plan, or God works in mysterious ways made Addie's blood boil. Any claims the church made that sought to legitimize the church's ability to speak with authority and certainty and power pushed Addie away. Not only did these these claims not jive with her experience of Jesus, who seemed a whole lot more comfortable with ambiguity and mystery than the people who followed him, but the church's tendency to claim authority and control and power also didn't jive with her experience of her own life. For whenever she tried to dominate or control or explain things away, she would often feel further from, not closer to, peace. Well, despite all her frustrations with the church, Addie's back. She's back in the fold. But she's very clear. What brought her back was not what the church was saying, it's what Jesus was saying and doing what brought her back was the Jesus she encountered time and time again in the scriptures. It was the Jesus who was willing to wade into the ambiguities and uncertainties of life, wade into the suffering and the pain and the confusion, the sadness, not with answers or a magic wand, but with a promise that the kingdom of God was not all that far away. Toward the end of Tove Janssen's children's book, Moomaland, Midwinter, the protagonist Moomintroll finds himself empowered by the spirit of sauntering amid a wintry wonderland, much like we have this morning. As he walks through the quiet stillness of a deep winter, Moomintroll feels more unburdened and full of joy. He feels empowered by his journey. Then it starts to snow—a snowbelt northeast Ohio kind of snow. And that picturesque snowfall soon becomes a terrifying tempest as depicted on the cover of your bulletin. As the storm swirls around him, a different kind of storm begins to rage inside Troll. that great and despairing fury where we shake our fists at the sky when life doesn't go our way, that defiant resistance where we tense up against what happens to us, taking it so very personally and refusing to surrender to the impersonal twists of life. Moomintroll became more and more convinced that the storm was a trick, that Winter had decided to play on him to show him that he couldn't hack it. And as a result, Moomintroll became very, very angry. He straightened up and tried to shout against the gale to reclaim his authority. And then, just then, when his inner fury reaches its absolute crescendo and yet proves itself utterly unhelpful, Moomintroll does something radical, something that is always our only option in the face of that which we cannot control or change. Moomentrol surrenders. And in Jansen's story, as it is in life, this surrender, this choice to stop fighting the storm, becomes his moment of self-transcendence. For when Movement Troll turns his back to the storm and stops fighting it, he notices that the wind felt kind of warm and that it had the power to carry him along in the whirling snow as if he were flying and free. Jesus did not have authority over everything or everyone. In fact, much of his ministry was spent coming to terms with just how little power he actually had over people like you and me. And yet despite this, he taught as one who had authority. We lose sight of it with all the bad theology that's out there that tells us we are either in complete control of our lives or just puppets in some god some great show put on by god. We lose sight of it, but in Jesus we have been given authority but it's not an authority that is to be used to lift ourselves over and above others or to lift ourselves over and above the challenges of this life. It's the authority to choose how we're going to respond to whatever comes our way. When faced with uncertainty, Jesus did not give up or seize control. He made a choice. He chose to turn his back to the storm. He chose to yield to a power greater than himself. And surprisingly, it was this letting go, this choice to simply be himself and trust in God that gave him all the authority he needed not to rule over others, but to witness to them, to the presence of the living God in all things. In my last church, I bought my first stand-up desk. I'm one of those guys. I have a stand-up desk. I loved my first stand-up desk almost as much as I love the one I have now. Compared to the huge corporate mahogany desk that I'd inherited that took up three-fourths of my office, the stand-up desk was open in a breath of fresh air. Bill, however, did not feel the same way, and Bill had no problem telling me so. I've been there about a year when Bill came stomping into my office. He often came stomping into my office, but today he came to talk about my desk. He came in to tell me how much he disliked that stand-up desk. Derek, he said, you are the pastor of a large, important congregation, and your desk should communicate how much power and importance and authority you have in this community of faith and in this city. And that silly stand-up desk simply can't hack it. As I paused and smelled the roses and blew out the (laughs) candle, by the grace of God, I was given a response that might be the smartest thing I've ever said, and it wasn't my words, they were clearly God's. This is what I said to Bill. Bill, if I have importance and power and authority, do I really need a desk to communicate all those things? And if I need a desk to communicate that I have power and importance and authority, do I really have it at all? Bill considered what I said and then smiled and walked away without saying a word, which, believe me, was a very big deal. The most powerful thing any one of us can do in any given day is to not to claim power, claim authority, The most powerful thing we can do is to acknowledge the limits of our power and authority. For when we do that, when we acknowledge where our power and authority stops and where God's power and authority begins, we open ourselves and others up to the limitless power and authority of God. A God who loves us and who Jesus points to time and time again teaching us that that God that you think is far away, God is right at hand. Amen.